If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end zone. It is caught. Jelani Woods. Touchdown. He's going to fire upfield. It's broken up. Tipped and up. intercepted by the Colts. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it. Interception. Two seconds left. And the Colts are going to win. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. My favorite part about all of this is they blur us out when the intro's going, (laughs) and then all of a sudden we're unblurred, and then we're just supposed to go. So that's what we're doing right now. Welcome back, boys. First time in about... I don't know, feels like three years or yeah, a couple of yes. weeks since we've been here on the uh, Thursday edition of the official Colts podcast brought to you by Win Las Vegas. Hello, YouTube out there. And thanks for our loyal listeners on the uh, Colts audio network. A lot has happened since we last did a podcast. Yeah. The Colts won a game in Germany. Yes. Uh, we had you Thanksgiving. Made yeah, you made were it back. worried about the flight. Long six hours. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It took, long story short, I took the pills. Uh, I took some medicine to knock me out, and the pills worked in the sense that they made me real drowsy, real kind of, uh, you know. But <laughs> the I, sleeping just, I just can't sleep on planes. <laughs> like, I never, went, I never went over the hump. So, like, I'm trying to sleep. I can't. And then when I'm awake, I just feel like this, you know. I'm like weakened at Bernie's <laughs> for, for five and a half, six hours. So, <laughs> it, was a, it was a tough trip, but, but made it back. Glad the Colts won. That made yeah. it all worth it yes. going over uh, going overseas there and um, here we are the Colts are on a three game winning streak they're six and five on the season a lot to talk about Ronnie Harrison is going to join us on the official Colts podcast today Ronnie Harrison wears number 48 he's a transformed safety (laughs) now playing linebacker made his Colts debut last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played seven snaps and all he did made a game changing (laughs) interception interception. led to a Colts touchdown on the ensuing drive on offense so Ronnie's going to talk to us about the whirlwind of his season, uh, switching positions, and then, of course, you know, showing out there at Lucas Oil Stadium against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But a big task at hand. It's the Colts and the Titans coming up this weekend. Round number two, the Colts won the first meeting back in, gosh, early October, 23-16. to 16. So let's get to our four-down territory, our top four storylines going into the game. And Bill Brooks, number one, is, is life without Jonathan Taylor. The Colts found out that he had a thumb injury. Um, not sure when it happened throughout the course of the game against Tampa Bay, but it happened. There it is. Uh, he had surgery this week. Um, not sure what the timeline's going to be on his absence. We know it's going to be at least a couple of weeks, that according mm-hmm. to Shane Steichen. But but what is your level of, of concern and, and optimism surrounding this running game with now Zach Moss turning into the bell cow running back? Well, um, you know, not really that concerned with the running game right now with Zach Moss being there. You know, JT's out. Definitely changes the offense with not having JT back there because JT, you can do some different things. Mm-hmm. Scheming up him uh, to get the ball, not just running the ball, but out in space as well. But having Zach Moss back there, I'm very comfortable with that. Before JT came back, Zach Moss was doing a great job. He was actually, I think up until week six, when Zach Moss was playing, he had over 460 yards for rushing. I think he was second in the National Football League. He was leading the NFL, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And yeah. he had, uh, I think was averaging 4.8 yards per carry. So I'm not worried about Zach Moss going out there and, and, and being the bell cow and, and toting the load, so to speak, for the Colts running game because I think the Colts will be in good hands with Zach Moss. I think it's twofold. You're obviously worried. You're concerned because Jonathan Taylor is not just an elite running back. He is an elite player. He's the kind of guy 
regardless of the position, he can change the game in a, in, a, in an instant. But what you say with Zach Moss, I mean, still to this point, he's ranked 10th in the NFL in rushing yards, and that's after having, what, maybe 20 carries over the last four yeah, weeks? Yeah, he hasn't had he hasn't been over 10 carries since week eight. Right. I mean, it, yeah, and, right. I mean I'm not trying to – I don't want to jinx anything or any of that, but if you think about the first time these two teams met, Zach Moss went for 165 and two scores. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, Tennessee looks a little different. You know, yep. defensively, Tier Tart, who is their best run defender, was not on the field in that first meeting. He yep. will be available on Sunday. So that changes a little bit of that dynamic. And also, I mean, Anthony Richardson started that game. Yep. So you had a little bit of a, you know, a different flavor as the quarterback goes. But Zach Moss is a guy who, when his number has been called, he has stepped up to the bell and probably stepped up even higher than I think the expectations were. So very optimistic yes you'd love to have Jonathan Taylor because I think you saw last week Mm -hmm. how dynamic they both can be yes I mean you had flashes from both where it's like well how do you take him off the field and then Taylor goes out and does something like how do you take him off the field so when you have that 1A 1B in the backfield it makes things difficult but you're definitely optimistic with Zach Moss you know you look at it last year the last four games of the season when Jonathan Taylor had that banged up ankle went on Mm -hmm. IR Zach Moss in the last quarter of the season last year was over 360 yards so he was still among the league leaders then and then this year missed the first game of the season Colts didn't have either Taylor or Moss in game one Mm -hmm. but Moss comes back in week two so from week two to week six to your point Bill Zach Moss led the NFL 466 rushing yards in that span, led the league with 19.2 carries per game in that span, led the NFL with 13 runs over 10. Yes. There's the explosive, explosive plays, plays coming yep. back. So yep. he's running hard, but also ripping off big runs. He had 26 runs for a first down, so he kept the chains moving for the Colts. So this guy runs his tail off, and yeah. this is not going to be foreign to him because he's already done it in two different uh, stretches or phases with the Colts. And also, he was an absolute monster at Utah. Yes. He was yes. the bell cow running back for three years in college. This is not new to him. It's right. not foreign to him. So he's, he's able to be, to be out there and be the guy, so to speak, that you know what they can depend on. And the good thing about it is the guys trust him. The offensive line trusts him. Mm-hmm. The quarterbacks trust him. The coaches trust him. So it's a good feeling knowing that you have someone back there that you trust and that can make the big plays when you need them. Yeah. And Bill, I mean, you played at the highest level and I'm sure growing up you were the guy and then you got to the NFL and everybody out there was the guy at one point. Mm-hmm. And for Zach Moss, you talk about that confidence level with the rest of the team. He mentioned it this week that I was a three-year starter at Utah, so I didn't know what kind of taking that backseat role looked like. I went to Buffalo, wasn't asked to do as much, so he kind of had to learn that side of it. And then he's gotten the chance this year, so I think he's been able to kind of grasp mm-hmm. how to prepare in both sta- in both circumstances. I think that really does help you, especially yeah. moving forward. Yeah, the, the great thing here is we all agree, everybody out there is nodding your head. Jonathan Taylor is an elite player, like you said. He is a, at the very least, he's a top five running back in the NFL. Well, guess what? Zach Moss is a top 15 15, running back in the NFL, and they're both on your team, and he's fresh. Like I said, he hasn't had more than 10 carries in a game since week eight, so he should be good to go. He's relishing this opportunity. Now, obviously, we got a lot to cover here, but just wrapping up the point, like you said, the Colts gashed the Titans back in week five. They ran for a season high 193 yards in that game. Total offense was 429. Tennessee is not going to play the same defense. Right. They played no. that over front. You know, they're they're gonna come out and give the Colts a steady dose of what has given them trouble 
really the last couple of years, and that's that pinched-in defensive tackle, that bare front, that diamond front, whatever you want to call it. That's what the Colts are going to see primarily on Sunday. So they got to get that figured out. I don't think the Colts are going to run for 200 yards in this game, but they have to be good situationally yes. running the football with Zach Moss. All right, let's go to second down. As we said, the Colts are squarely in the hunt here, right? Six and five on a three-game winning streak, and if the playoffs started today, the Colts would be in. They would be in the, the seventh spot, the, the last uh, playoff berth in the AFC. They're tied with a couple of other teams. They hold the tiebreaker against the Texans. They hold the tiebreaker against the Denver Broncos, and it's a big swing game. We'll talk about that coming up on Sunday, and only one of the Colts' final six opponents averages 20 points per game. That would be Houston. You don't see them until week 18. They're averaging about 24 points per game. So from the from the vibe that you can get, you're in the locker room, you're hearing everything, Bill. Mm-hmm. Are, are the Colts embracing the, the playoff tracking, if you will? Is that a healthy thing to do? I think they're embracing it. I mean, you have to you have to know. You want to know because it's something that's going to help you hopefully going out there when you play each week now. I agree. Are they, are they focused on that? No, they shouldn't be focused on that. They should be focused on the team they're playing the upcoming team they're playing, which is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. So they should focus on that. But it's only human nature to to look and see where you're at, where you're standing at, uh, if you're in playoff contention or not, and, you know, the games you have coming up. So I think it's only human nature now. When you get to coach speak, you know what? <laughs> One game at a time. Let's focus on the well, team ahead of you. Uh, just keep – don't worry about anything outside. Don't worry about the distractions. Just focus on the, the task at hand. And right now, that's the Tennessee Titans. What, what did you do? I mean, did I you mean, look at that stuff? I, yes, I looked at it. Of yeah. course, you look at the standings. I got there and looked at the standings and see where we were at. And, you know, if this happens, if that happens, this is what's going to happen. But I might have looked at it on my day off. Yeah. But then after that, you put it aside and you say, hey, you know what? That's that's something else. I don't want to deal with that yeah. right now. I need to get into my game plan, know what I need to do out there in the football field and focus on that. And then once that Monday or Tuesday was over, yeah. the rest of the week was focusing on that game plan and getting ready for the game on Sunday. That, that's honestly what I was going to say. That's what that's the vibe that I get is these guys, you know, you're not necessarily drinking the Kool-Aid or reading all the clips of all that. Right. See, I think you should. But, oh, I think I, you should read. I think you should drink all of your own Kool-Aid. <laughs> I mean, someone, if someone's going to tell you how good you are, seriously, if someone's yeah. going to tell you how good you are and how uh, fortunate you are to be in this situation, that should boost your confidence. Right. That's that's my it, point. It should, but right? you have to be on guard. Sometimes oh, you, you still have to play with that edge. Well, I you get have to play it. With that edge. Yeah. Sometimes when people are telling you how good you are, you yeah. start really believing right. that and yeah. then when you start believing Plus I that, like Kool-Aid <laughs> when you start believing <laughs> that you don't you don't have you don't play with that edge you know what you might not yeah. play with that edge so you got you want the guys to play with the edge so you don't want them absorbing all that all at once all the time and and, and that's kind of where I was going is is I think I saw a different I, I'm I'm anticipating today and tomorrow hearing different things in the locker room than what we heard you know when we talked to him on Monday and then you get a little bit of that blending over into Wednesday I think ultimately that's when all of that stuff is real and then you got a couple of days of practice in your hardcore and your game plan it kind of does go out of the window a little bit now I'm with Matt I know for me personally I'm watching I'm watching everything I'm reading everything I'm looking at every scenario I mean I'm diving into you know what if what if the team who's sitting in 12th defeats the team who's in fifth because now we get, I mean I'm looking into percentages and I don't understand any of it but I'm just trying and that's what I am the whopper doing. Yeah, but I, you know I'm, I'm not playing but I think I think it is one of those things that you can't avoid it because right. 
if you're trying to avoid it, when all the media comes in and they're going to talk they're to you about you, it, it's, ask you questions it's going about it. to be there. I think right. it just adds an extra layer of, of staying engaged. Right, these are you're talking about professional football players. You're talking about elite athletes. I understand that. And if you're if you're thinking why, why would they need that to be motivated? You're right. They don't. But right. it's just right. an extra layer yeah. of I'm going to come to work today extra laser sharp focus, well, extra dialed in and engaged knowing that the margin of error or the the margin of screwing up in these games in the final 6 all of these games hold an enormous amount of magnitude about them. Well, I think That's also, though, too, to that point, yeah. all these guys play with the chip on their shoulder. They're looking for that edge. And I think one of those things that you can't overlook is before the season started, nobody thought about this team at all. You heard nothing but the pundits going, well, you know, Anthony Richardson, they're, they're really They rebuilding. weren't even talking about the Colts in Fort you know, Wayne. Dude. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where you're looking at this team going, well, you know, hopefully they can see enough out of Anthony Richardson so the next bit of the future is – and you know what? A lot of those guys in the locker room, they were like, no, no, we've got a pretty good team here. Right. And I think now you're starting – so I think a, a bit of it too might be them going, hey, look, we tried to tell you, mm-hmm. don't overlook us here when it was June – and July, and they're going through the, you know, your OTA period, and, and nobody's giving them any credit. I think those guys are now, you're starting to see them going, hey, you know what? We thought we could be in this spot, and here we are. Also, right. too, it's a, it's a huge game because it's an AFC game. Yes. And yep. that, that's the tiebreaker. Yes. You have all of these teams that are right around six and five or five and six, um, just one or two wins away from inching themselves back into the, the parity-filled playoff mix that is the AFC. Right now, the Colts are four and three in the conference, four and three against uh, AFC teams. And right now, they have the tiebreaker over Denver. Denver's three and four in the conference, and they don't play the Broncos. Yep. So continuing Huge. to win AFC games yes. is pivotal when you're trying to you know stiff arm Denver, keep them buried behind the the seven team threshold to make the playoffs another good thing is you got six games left five of them are against the AFC so you can you can continue to stack wins for yourself but also hold the tiebreaker over other teams by playing well inside the conference yeah definitely going back to actually what you were asking earlier in regards to players looking at it it gives them a sense of urgency I should say increases their sense of urgency knowing that hey these games are important Mm -hmm. we have a chance to reach one of our goals is to get into the playoffs so it gives them a sense of urgency knowing that hey look this upcoming game is very important it's the AFC opponent the Tennessee Titans of course a division opponent but knowing that hey this team we beat this team earlier and they're going to come out and be ready to play so knowing that hey this is what's at stake this is what's important as far as helping us to hopefully get into the playoffs by being an AFC opponent and increasing yeah. our chances if there's a tiebreaker down the road or whatever, you want to play well today. Well, not today, but of course, you want to play well <laughs> Sunday. Bring it uh, every day. <laughs> Sunday against the Titans, so that can help you, hopefully, get into the playoffs. All right, let's go third down. This is get after the rookie. Will Levis is now the quarterback in Tennessee. He's going to be making his sixth start of the season. He's 2-3 and three as a starter, hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in each of his last three starts. The Titans offense is kind of up and down, 16 points per game. Um, they've been held to 17 points or less in four straight, but they're a wacky team. They play much better at home yeah. than they do anywhere else. They're 4-0 <laughs> and oh in games played at Nissan Stadium. 0-7 everywhere else, including a loss <laughs> as they were the home team uh, against the Baltimore Ravens in London. So 
with Levis, the Colts, they don't like the blitz. We know that. Under Gus Bradley, they try to get pressure you know, organically with the, the top four or the front four, I should say, in, ter- in terms of the pass rush. Um, Will Levis this year, 95.9 pass rating against four or fewer rushers or, in, or no blitz. The 12th highest percentage or passer rating against no blitz situations. But the Colts haven't had to blitz a lot during right. this three-game winning streak, no. Casey. They've got 15 sacks in the last three games. So how do you think this all shakes out on Sunday going up against a rookie quarterback? Yeah, that's that's a great question because that's that's been the way it's been. I mean, you look at what this Colts front has done, and they've been able to get home without blitzing. I am anticipating a little different scheme, and, and just because the fact that he's a rookie and you want to get and, – and I look at it from, from a couple things – he was the third string guy during camp. He was battling with Malik Willis for who's going to be the backup to Tannehill. Season starts and he's, you know, he's third string. So he's not getting those reps. So if you look at it, he's been the starter for six weeks, but really it's really only six weeks. Yeah. Maybe, a, you know, you could throw in a handful of dates here and there in August, but ultimately he's still learning where he's the guy, know, yeah. the guy with right. DeAndre, or, you know, with, with Hopkins and yeah. all. And so it's all still pretty new to him. So I think any way you can get him off of schedule, that is the key. I think what we saw rookies, whether they're good, whether they're, you know, they're new to the NFL speed and all of that. So trying to speed up that process and get him off of those looks, make him have to do something off schedule. I think that is going to be key. I am anticipating them kind of attacking him the way that they attacked Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. I was going to say the last time the Colts yeah. faced a rookie, and that's, it went okay. Yeah, it went, it went, it went pretty really good. well. And that's what I'm <laughs> anticipating. Now, don't get me wrong. The weapons that Tennessee has are a lot different than what the weapons are in Carolina. So you can't compare that. But I do think that the Colts are going to attack this game very similar to what they did with Bryce Young. And Tennessee's offensive line, it's it's been a struggle. I mean, they, they <laughs> yes. benched their left tackle last week. I know he had some concussion symptoms, but he was cleared and still benched. So they're yeah. working through some stuff on that offensive line. And the way this defensive front has played lately, I, I'm assuming they're licking their chops. They're ready to go. Yeah, yeah I, I would say blitz him. I, I was not not all the time, of course. I agree with you, Casey. But I would say me blitz. if I was the coordinator, I'd be run out of here real quick because I'd be blitzing almost every play. I would say just go get him. Give, give him some different looks. You know, he hasn't seen everything in the National Football League. Yeah. He's still trying to learn, as you said, Casey. He's still trying to get up to speed and the things that happen in the National Football League game by game. So give him some different looks. Confuse him. Make him hold on to the ball a little bit longer. Uh, you know, maybe sometimes bring some guys to put some pressure on him and, you know, just hopefully, hopefully make him think back there. When yeah. you have him thinking back there, right. then to me, I think that's a problem for any quarterback back there. If you have to think too much back there and he's going to hold the ball and then hopefully you can get to him as the guy's been getting to him uh, quarterbacks earlier in the year. And like I said, yeah. we haven't had the blitz, but you know what? I think for a young guy, confusing him back there right. will help out a lot. And the great thing is, it's it's not just DeForest Buckner. It's Samson Avacom. Exactly. Dangbo Dangbo's having just yes. an enormous season. Already a career-high six-and-a-half sacks. Mm-hmm. The Colts have four players with at least five sacks on the season. They're one of three teams in the NFL to say that. The last time the Colts had at least four sacks in three straight games, Joe Wrights was still trying to slow down some of those guys. That was 2014. No disrespect, Joe. Joe. All right, but that was a long year in practice for oh, you, he'd pal. Tell you, he'd tell you the same. <laughs> so the Colts, they're on pace for 55 sacks on the season. That would be an Indianapolis Colts record since they moved to town. Um, and like you said, their offensive line, it's – 
It's in flux. Yep. All right. That's a nice way to that's, put it. Yeah. Little nice. transition. <laughs> um, you know, they benched Andre Dillard and um, put him, or I should say, replaced him with Jalen Duncan, who made his first career start yep. last Saturday or last Sunday. So could be a, a, a feast, post-Thanksgiving feast for the Colts pass rush. Let's <laughs> let's hope that's the case. All right. Fourth down. This is the one that's a little bit more concerning or the most concerning for me. I'm interested in your guys' thoughts here. Fourth down is stop the rush defense bleeding because life without Grover Stewart, it's been hard and they got one more game without him. He's going to be serving the sixth and final game of his suspension this Sunday as the Colts travel to Tennessee and in five games without Big Grove, uh, it's not pretty. The Colts are giving up 148 rushing yards per game. They've allowed at least 125 rushing yards in all five of those games. That's the first time that's happened to the Colts since 2006. Remember that run? It wasn't pretty back then, but they did no. win a Super Bowl that they year. They did win a Super Bowl. That was the Fred yeah. Taylor year when he's running for – he's, he's still yeah. running. Jacksonville ran for yeah. like 300 like some weeks, oh, Week 16, brutal. week 17, yeah. whatever it was. So, Bill, what is your level of concern? Can the Colts slow down Derrick Henry in this game without Grover Stewart? Grove played in the first game in week five – and Henry only had 43 yards. Yeah, I mean, that, that is my concern right there as far as from the defensive standpoint, trying to stop Derrick Henry because yeah. you know they're going to try to get the ball to Derrick Henry, try to run the ball. That's what they like to do. They like to play physical football, and that's what they want to do, and that's give the ball to Derrick Henry and also eat up the clock. I think they yes. want to eat up the clock. Yes, and no doubt. I really believe they Great want to try point. to eat the clock and keep our offense on the sideline, yeah. and they probably want to stay into that, get into that third and three and four 100%. situation. So yeah. on first and second down, you might see a lot of Derrick Henry. And yeah. the big thing is for to me, stopping Derrick Henry is, you know what? Keep his shoulders going sideline to sideline. Mm-hmm. Don't let him square up his shoulders, get up the field, and and try to get some momentum because it's very hard to t- tackle. But I, I, I'm concerned about trying to stop him because, as you said, without Grover, the Colts have been giving up an average of 148 yards per game, and that's a lot. That's a lot of rushing yards. So if a coach can stop them and then make Will Levis throw the ball, I think that would be good for the Colts' defense. But I am concerned about trying to stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, you know, first and second down are just going to be so key this week. I mean, no doubt. Because Will Levis, as we've mentioned, that's the guy you want to have beat you. That's what what the goal is, is you don't want 22 to just break open a game. Because that's what – I mean, he's a grind-out player. I mean, he's a guy that – Third and fourth quarter, he's going to be, you know, just ramping up because that's just what he does. So it's it's going to be imperative that this team, especially early in the downs, they're they're making yeah. sure that they're doing everything they can to keep him bottled up because that's how you're going to win this football game. More so than any other team in the NFL. Maybe I'm not thinking of somebody, but maybe it's just because we play Tennessee twice a year every year. But it just seems like they're one of those teams compared to a lot of teams that they are so much different playing from advantage versus when they're behind on the scoreboard. And I think that's contributed to Henry's quote-unquote down season, right? His yards per game is down. His overall carries per game are down because of a lot of three and outs. Yeah, They're getting down on the scoreboard in the second half. They're having to throw the ball more than they want to. But if they're playing from advantage, you guys are spot on. They they want to be third and four or less to afford themselves the ability to run the ball with Derrick Henry because – Say what you want about where he's at right now, and I don't think he's really lost anything. I think he's a product or his season is a product of the players and the circumstances around him. But if you just look at him, running style still, I don't think he's lost anything no. in, in, in year number eight. So he's still a player that can turn 
a three-yard gain into a five-yard gain with yards after contact, contact yes. and get a first down. The Colts want to, or excuse me, the Titans, they want to win this game similarly to how the Patriots wanted to yes. win the game in Germany. Exactly. Yeah. They wanted to win 10 to 6 yep. or 13 to 7. That's why Gardner Minshew and the Colts can't turn the ball over. Yeah. Yep. Right? Got to be efficient with the ball and you just got to find a way without Grover Stewart to stop the run and make sure they don't have 35 to 37 minutes of time of possession yep. and about 20 first downs because yeah. they're good enough to win a game ugly and that's what they want to do. They want to win nasty early December style of football. football. You yeah, know and, I mean? and that's that's honestly like you can look at the stat line and I don't think it matters what his yard total is. I think yards per carry is the most important yeah. part of this game. If you are holding him to under four, I don't care if he and runs no for big 100. Ones. Yeah, and no big if he ones. runs exactly. for 115 yards on 30-some-odd carries, that is fine. Exactly. That is totally fine. I think you talk about that stuff and red zone, those are, those are going to be huge. I think mm-hmm. when the Colts get in the red zone, you got to score touchdowns, and that defense, do whatever you can to make sure that Derrick Henry is not able to bust one on you mm-hmm. to get in the end zone because I would love to see a lot more Nick Folk this <laughs> week from Tennessee than anything else because I think that – is what is going to create a Colts victory. Folk music and music city. <laughs> yes, folk music and the music I like to my that. ears. There I you like go. <laughs> Gotta stop the run. The yes. linebackers in this game are going to be huge. Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, we talked about him. Uh, he, he played a career-high 95% of the snaps wow. against Tampa Bay, taking on that new role after the Colts released Shaq Leonard last week. And another linebacker the Colts are counting on, as we said, we teased at the top of the podcast, Ronnie Harrison. What a moment for him. What a last couple of days it's been for him bumping up from the practice squad to the active roster made his Colts debut against the Buccaneers picked off his former teammate and Baker (laughs) Baker Mayfield played seven snaps had a game-changing play and he joined us on the official Colts podcast a little bit earlier today Joining us in studio now, linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. He wears number 48. He's not a safety. He's now a linebacker in the NFL here with the Colts. Fresh off his first game with Indianapolis. Stepped in front of that pass from Baker Mayfield. Picked it off. It was a game-changing play. Huge part of that game for the Colts' win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ronnie Harrison is with us. Ronnie, thanks so much for the time, sir. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about that play. For those that don't know your story, uh, we'll get into it. You're a former safety, now playing linebacker. Your first time playing that position, position switch, first game. You step in front of that pass. What did you see, and were you licking your chops when the ball's coming your way right there? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Um, <laughs> um, when the play first started, um, I just noticed it was a pass play. Um, I noticed that I had you know, a route combination that could affect me in my area, so I just – Looked up the route, figured out what they were trying to do, and then got my eyes on Baker, and he took me to the ball. <laughs> like, once I seen the ball, I was just like, oh, man, don't drop it. Yeah. Don't drop it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Take advantage. So it was really exciting. Now you talk about Baker Mayfield. He's your former teammate when you were at the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. How good did it feel to intercept uh, your former teammate? Oh, it felt great. It's been so many times in practice where I had to let the pass go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're doing good on good, so I try to make them feel good. But 
it felt good to you know pick him off after all those years. Did you, you have a little me? say a little something after? Yeah, that? I was gonna say, did you have anything no, to say? I to didn't him? even say anything to him after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all class, all class, right? Well, well, good. That's good. I want to go back to your beginning of your uh, career. Mm-hmm. You get drafted by the Jaguars, and you play in your first year. You get some playing time, and then your sophomore year, you have a good sophomore year. But then after that, you get traded right. um, from the Browns. I mean, from the Jaguars to the Browns. Right. How did you feel about that when you got traded? How was the transition going from uh, being traded from the Jaguars to the Browns? Uh, um, that was that was a tough time for me just because I didn't see it coming. Okay, um, it kind of blindsided me for sure. Um, like you said, I, I had two good, pretty solid seasons, you know, with the Jaguars. So I felt like I was headed in the right direction to solidify myself mm-hmm. as you know one of the guys. But um, you know, the trade happened, and it kind of made me think a little bit, you know what I'm saying, about my play and what kind of guy I am. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was fired up to be in a new t- on a new team, you know what I'm saying, and try to show them what I could bring to the team. So I just took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward a little bit. You, you were a free agent this past off season, and, you know, you're kind of just hoping and, and waiting around. And I know you're getting a little frustrated that your phone is not ringing more than, than what it was there. And then finally, in the month of August, the Colts give you a call. Right. Get a call from that 317 uh, area <laughs> yeah, code. Right. You know, Chris Ballard or whomever is on the other end of that line. And they say, hey, we want you to come in and play. But instead of playing safety, we want you to play linebacker. Right. Like, how, how did you react to that? Um, when I first got the news about the linebacker switch, uh, it was kind of, you know, like downing a little bit. Not downing, but, you know, it's just different than what I'm I'm used to. So sure. It kind of took – It's like, little, why don't you want me to play safety, yeah, right? Like, I feel like I'm still effective at safety. But um, after talking with, you know, Coach Gus, um, you know what I'm saying, he, he broke it down for me and he, he just made it, like, seem that linebacker could be, you know, a great spot for me and I could bring a lot of attributes to that position to help the team mm-hmm. out a lot. So um, I just took it and ran with it. I just tried to learn as much as I could, you know, try to work on my technique, try to get – in that linebacker, you know, setup. So um, I just took it and ran with it, and it's been pretty good so far, and I like it. And, and and why do you think they saw that in you? What what is it about your play and your body type that allows you to make that switch? Uh, I think just because I'm a bigger safety, and um, you know, my mo in the league has been, you know, even in college, you know, I was a big big hitter. You know, mm-hmm. always was a good tackler, sure tackler, um, always around the ball. So I just felt like um, they seen that. And um, they figured, you know, putting me down in the box or putting me closer to the ball might, you know, make me more effective. So um, as of lately, it has been. So <laughs> I'll I think, say. I think they're right. <laughs> now, to piggyback off that, you made the transition uh, from safety to linebacker. And I think you've done a, a nice job. Look, look very good, very fluid out there on that play, yes, especially sir. on an interception. What has been the biggest challenge for you, though, to make that transition from safety to linebacker? I would say... Really just getting that linebacker terminology and okay. um, knowing where to line up because, you know, it's a different spot. You're yep. in the box. You know, you got run gaps you got to deal with. You got fronts, different fronts that you got to align in. So um, really just knowing my alignments and where I'm supposed to be. Um, pretty much once the ball snapped, it kind of – my instincts kind of just take, take over, over, you know what I'm yeah. saying, from playing football for so long in the NFL. So um, really just alignments and – assignment I would say but sure. after the ball snapped this is game on it's on <laughs> yeah it's game on that's Ronnie Harrison <laughs> with us fresh off his uh first interception with the Indianapolis Colts and you talked about making the switch the hardest parts and, and things like that who have you leaned on yeah. during this process I mean any teammates or have you looked up any former linebackers watched a lot of tape on on guys uh, in terms of the playing style you want to emulate 
Um, really haven't even thought that far about like, you know what I'm saying, who I could, you know, emulate too much. But mm-hmm. um, I know Z's been doing a great job whenever I'm in there with him. Um, he's constantly talking to me, you know, giving me little uh, tips and reminders while we're right. before the play, you know, and um, just watching Speed, EJ, you know what I'm saying, watching him play, watching film of him, watching old film of Sha- uh, Shaq when mm-hmm. he was here doing the stuff. Um, that helps out a lot too. And then meeting extra with coaches. Like I do a lot of extra meeting time yeah. with our assistant coach, Cato June. He helps out a lot. So uh, really just, you know, watching film and, you know, just staying on the details. Talk about watching film. How does the preparation change now that you went from safety to linebacker? I'm sure there's certain things you look at differently now as a linebacker that you did when you were in safety. So right. how has your preparation changed in getting ready for a game? Um, now I'm looking at more run run schemes. You know, I'm looking at the linemen more. I'm trying to see if I can get a, a telltale sign off of the lineman, you know, run pass, you know, um, is he leaning this way, leaning that way? Um, do they have bigger splits on these plays as far as smaller splits? Um, just those little details um, around the ball um, that I'm really looking at and paying attention to. Uh, the quarterback, his mannerisms, you know, how is he on a pass play? Like, where is he looking? Sure. Is he a quick, yeah. is he a quick guy or does he take his time and – read the routes, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. Ronnie Harrison with us. And, you know, playing safety, you have a lot on your plate, right? You got to play the run and the pass. You got to play nickel. You can play dime. And in those dime situations, right, not to get too schematic, but the dime sometimes acts as kind of like the will linebacker in terms of principles and and things like that. How much – similarity is there between playing in the sub packages and then also playing the will linebacker spot in terms of what you're being asked to do? Oh, it's, it's a lot of similarities, um, especially in the pass game, you yeah. know, cause that's when the dime shows up a lot. So in the pass game it's it's all pretty much the same, you know, um, um, in the run game, you know, it helps me, you know, figure out where guys are. Cause I know if I'm in, at safety or in a different position, I know where this guy should be cause mm-hmm. I know where I should be. So it kind of helps me like, fit everything up in my mind and make it make sense, for sure. It helps a lot. Now, we've talked about you playing in this division as far as for the Jaguars. So yeah. you played against the Tennessee Titans and, of course, Derrick Henry. Yes, sir. Now you're going to have to go up against Derrick Henry again this week. What are some of the things that you guys, the Colts defense, are going to have to do to hopefully slow him down? Oh, man, uh, everybody knows, you know, going against him, it's a team effort. You know, he, he's a big guy, uh, physical runner. He has that stiff arm that everybody knows about. So, uh, so you, don't yeah. wanna, you, don't, you don't want to feel that. Yeah, you don't want to feel that stiff arm. So uh, we've just been preaching, you know, everybody getting to the ball, you know, physicality, you know, um, making the right plays, you know, setting the edge, keeping the edge on the defense, don't let them bounce it, you know, um, make them stutter his feet, get yep. penetration, yep. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, make him slow, slow down a little bit because – once he gets going downhill, he's a he's a tough guy to stop. So um, I'm trying to get everybody to the ball and set edges and you know get some penetration, make him stop his feet. That's Ronnie Harrison. Last one from from both of us here, Ronnie. You're a great story. We talked about the position switch and being frustrated and and wanting a role. Just. Just give me an opportunity, and here you are, practice squad guy, finally gets the call to the active roster, and you're making the most of your opportunity. Your playing time's only going to go up and up and up from here on out with six games to go for the Colts. But I read this about you and was floored. I mean, this summer, while you were waiting on that next opportunity, you went back to school. You went back to Alabama, finished up your degree in business administration. That's awesome. Why, Why was that so important to you? Um, it's been important to me. Um, my mom has always preached uh, academics, you know, growing up. Um, she didn't really – she loved that I could play football, but she was more on school. Like, if my school work wasn't done, mm-hmm. she could care less about sports. So, um, <laughs> she's always been on me. Um, when I left 
early to declare for the league. She told me that she wanted me to go back. So I've been constantly trying to work, you know, each year in the off season. Sure. Take a class here or two, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, here or there. So um, this off season came and I had a chance to go back and graduate. So um, I wanted to go ahead and finish and take care of things while I had the time. Yeah. And it was a blessing. Well, your, your future awesome. was going to be awesome. bright no matter what. Yes, sir. With going back to school and now getting another chance to play in the league here with the Colts, and you're making the most of it, man. Congratulations on getting that degree. Congratulations on uh, your first interception with the Colts. Thank you so much for the time. I know yes. it's great for Bill and I to meet and talk to you for the first time, and best of luck in these final six games. All right, thank you all. I appreciate you all for having me. Ronnie Harrison. Great guy. It was good to meet him. Good to talk to him uh, for the first time. And like I said, he's going to be on the field a lot more down the stretch here for the Indianapolis Colts. You can bet that uh, number 48 is going to see a lot more playing time here in the month of December. Casey Vallier is back. Bill Brooks, I'm Matt Taylor. Case, to close out, you got something uh, a little unique for us here. Yeah, I, I don't know what brought me to this, but I was thinking about <laughs> the John Mellencamp song, When the Walls Come Tumbling Down, Crumbling Down. And that that's... I don't honestly. I have no idea why that song. Some Pandora or something? How did we get no, there? No, that's. I didn't even hear the song. Okay. I was looking at both the Titans and the Colts' strengths, and I thought, well, there's some walls. I wonder which one's going to come down this weekend. Okay. So that's kind All of right. why All it right. spurred. So and then I was like, well, the song. So I'm like, you know, we could. Everybody knows that. Yeah, the song, YouTube police can't so, let it. They won't let us play it. Right. No, yeah, but no. I mean, everybody knows the song. So I was like, All right, I can kind of play that. You know, play on words a little bit. So that's what I was thinking because there's a handful of strengths that kind of. Well, kind of butt heads in a way mm -hmm. this weekend. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, which wall will come tumbling down? Because I think ultimately, whosoever wall does come down, they're going to they're going to lose this game. That's yeah. kind of where there I you go. So, yeah, well. yeah, let's talk about strength on strength here. I like it. So in that regard, we got home heroes versus road warriors on John Mellencamp's 1983 <laughs> uh -huh album when the walls come crumbling down. So the Titans, they're 4-0, like we said, at Nissan Stadium, 0-7 everywhere else. But the Colts, Billy, they're 4-1 on the road this season. And if they win on Sunday, it'll be their best start to a season on the road since 2009 when they won their first wow. seven games. Wow. So as Casey said, which wall comes uh, crumbling down this weekend? Wow. I, I like what the Colts have done on the road. I mean, of course, you wish the Colts also can do that at home as well yeah. but you know I like what they've done on the road they've uh, gone there and you know they've taken the mentality that is just us against the world and they've done a good job on the road and I think they can do that going against Tennessee you know Tennessee is very good at home they they play tough at home they uh, they they do a good job and of course I'm sure the fans get involved and get into it but sure I'm looking for the Colts to be pretty good on the road again I, and I hope they continue this this uh, nice little road streak that they have and uh it would bode well for him going forward, and especially in this playoff push. I feel the same. I, I, I don't know why I have thought. I've looked at this game numerous times, and I just – maybe it's because I'm – I you know, there, there's a lot that I have riding on right. the Colts, and there's, there's reasons I see them every day. And But but I'm really, I'm really high on the Colts this week, and I think a lot of that goes to – yeah, the Titans have been really good at Nissan Stadium. We can't overlook that. But I but I look at the makeup of the Titans, and I just think there's certain areas that I like the Colts' odds. Derrick Henry is going to be the key because, yes, we've talked about what the Colts look like run defense without Grover Stewart. So that is definitely an area to watch. But I just think rookie quarterback and ultimately the Colts – in this three-game win streak, two of those games came on the road. One came all the way across the world. And I just think the defense defense travels. It's one of those things that everybody – defense has always traveled. And the last three games defensively, there's been so much momentum that I really do like – 
kind of the way this team fits is rolling right now. I'm sure there's areas you look at, especially in the run game, they can really sure up. But everything else, I really like the way the defense is playing. So I like that momentum heading into Sunday. I like it. Yeah, you look at, you know, everybody's asking Tennessee's undefeated at home. Why? Well, they're holding opponents to 26% third down conversion rate at Nissan Stadium. Everywhere else, it's 47%. That will help you out and win some games (laughs) at home. (laughs) It's an enormous split right there. Meanwhile, their offense has scored eight touchdowns out of 11 red zone trips at home. Everywhere else, they're abysmal inside the 20-yard line. And they've played five of their seven games away from Nashville against teams that would be in the playoffs. So they're playing Mm -hmm. stiff competition on the road. So they're taking care of business at home. All right, let's talk about the red zone battles. Uh, The Colts rank eighth in the NFL in red zone offense, converting touchdowns about 60% of the time. And they've been really good in this three-game winning streak. They're 10 for 15 inside the red zone during this three-game heater here, scoring touchdowns inside the red zone but the titans defense they rank fourth in red zone defense giving up touchdowns only about 49 percent of the time colts were one for five in the red zone against the titans back in week number five so they they have to get better in that regard on the road against a stiff defense definitely have to get better than that and we talked about earlier the titans probably want to play that that kind of slow it down game and you know you, you might get into the red zone but we're not going to let you score a touchdown we're going to let you kick field goals we want to yeah. play a, you know, a grinded out game and like hopefully we can win as far as the Titans are saying 13 to 10 something like that but this is where I think the Colts really need to step up in, 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 in the game is in the red zone when you get in the red zone you have to score some touchdowns you just have to get some touchdowns put pressure on you as you mentioned earlier Mate, is that they don't play well when they're playing from behind. Mm-hmm. They like to play with the lead and with an advantage. And if we get them behind and get those guys behind where they have to play catch-up and make Will Levis throw the ball more than probably they want him to throw the ball, right. I think that would help out the Colts. So they have to have to be – I shouldn't say have to be, but it would be, it would be helpful for the Colts to be successful in the red zone and score some touchdowns and put some pressure on that Tennessee Titans team. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy when you look at the red zone – in the first matchup, the Colts just one of five, five yeah. and they win the game. But if you look at what the Colts have done since then, you talk about the way they played in this in this winning streak. Yep. I mean, they're converting over 64% of the time inside the red zone since that game against Tennessee. It's one of those things that they talked, you know, Shane Steichen has just talked about at nauseum is how important it's going to be if this team's going to be successful inside the red zone. And it's almost like that Titans game was like the tipping point. All right, guys, we have not been good enough. This is where it stops. And it's almost like the team has kind of taken that on. Mm -hmm. And we've really seen a really good push in the last handful of weeks in the red zone. I think that is – I talked about it earlier. I want to see a lot of Nick Folk. And for the Colts, I love Matt Gay. I want to see him converting a lot of PATs. That's what I want to see this week. (laughs) I don't want to see you settling for field goals because I think ultimately we talk about getting them behind. Playing from behind is where Tennessee doesn't want to play. It's almost like they don't even know how to do it. Right. Right. So it's – it, that's why it's so important to be scoring touchdowns. And, and they may be very few and f- little to come because of the way this game is going to be. So if you get to the red zone twice, you need to convert on both of those times. So I think red zone is, is going to be huge. And you look at what Tampa Bay was heading into last week, one of the best red zone teams, the Colts were 2-3 or three last week, very, very productive. Yeah. I anticipate it being the same again this week. And that I think red zone – Red zone in that, and, and keeping Derrick Henry out of the end zone, I don't care if he runs for 175 yards. I don't want to see him scoring touchdowns. I don't want to see the t- – I want to see a lot of Nick Folk. 
And the Colts scoring touchdowns. That's right. <laughs> and the Colts, have, they've shown they've been really creative inside the red zone yes. with Shane Steichen. Yes. That's, I think that's the difference where he has shown up the most, the creativity and the innovation inside the 20-yard line. Even without Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew rolling out, you're running yes. the Wildcat. And a little shimmy. I mean, yeah, Minshew's got three rushing touchdowns inside the red area. Uh, the tight ends are getting involved. Pittman winning his matchups inside the 20-yard line. Scheming things up when the game is on the line and the field is, is shrunk. That's where you know your best players have to shine, and that's what they've done so far. And Shane Stein can get say he deserves a big tip of the cap for that. So then on the other side, you know the Titans they've got good weapons. They got Ty J Spears. We shouldn't yes, forget yeah. about him when they've yep. got the ball. You know they like to get their best players um, involved as well. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Hopkins had 140 receiving yards against the Colts yep. uh, back in week number five. That's a season high for him. So there you go, some crumbling down opportunities. Strength on. <laughs> Strength, which wall's coming down, yeah. says John Mellencamp. Good we'll find job, out Case. coming up. Good job. Hey, yeah. I like yeah. that. Every now and then, you know, every now <laughs> like and then that. I come up with something. It, a little funny I mean, bone it took over me, there. what is it, was it week 13? So <laughs> We've been waiting. Yeah, we've <laughs> My gosh. You know, we started this podcast. Better late than goes, never, I suppose. Hey, I might need some help on Thursdays. It took me to week 13, but hey, I'm glad to be able to offer a little hey, bit. you I contribute like it. to it. Good you stuff. contribute to it. Good stuff. All right, any par- parting shots you guys have uh, oh. for this game? You're back on the pregame show. Yes. Kind of a normal week. No. Germany, no, no buy, no holiday in the middle of the week. Kind of a normal football uh, seven-day yeah, stretch it here. It like it's been such a long time since we just had a normal week. Yeah. Right. You know what? And you're playing a Germany. division game. Yeah, division you know, game. That's normal. You know, it's been a while we have, since we played a division game yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's yeah, great to be October, it's think, great yeah. to be in back of uh, back into like a little routine again. Mm-hmm. Back into Things being normal oh, when again. Bill, so, uh, when Bill goes off his routine, he gets oh, cranky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know that. You know, one thing, though, Bill, I really do hope that soon it's thrown <laughs> off that routine. There's a couple of those flex games that uh, you're right. could be coming up you're that right. might throw a wrinkle into these one o'clocks we've been used to. But the way this team's playing, yeah. I think I think we're all in for a little bit of a, yeah, a we'll, shakeup later on. But I'm looking forward to that. For four, four o'clock's uh, yeah, is part yeah, of the routine. Right. That's okay. One yeah. o'clock, four o'clock's part of the routine. That six thirty in the morning, six. Uh, Germany I don't think game. we'll have any of those. That was a little. So I'd rather get up at five thirty. I'd rather get up at five thirty in the morning oh. than fly eight hours. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Bill. I really enjoyed that early. That early thing oh. was wonderful. I mean, getting up you know? that early was not was not easy. I and tell you, you got to be on too. Yeah, yeah. as soon as you yes. wake up, you yes. got to go. True. You got to so, talk about a red zone. Uh, yes, that's, that's the problem. But well, we now, will. Yeah. Now we're back to something. <laughs> somewhat normal. One o'clock or four o'clock, I'm fine with that. No doubt. We will take whatever comes the Colts' way here down the stretch. Six games to go. It all starts on Sunday. Colts and Titans, one o'clock. Bill Brooks is going to be on the pregame huddle. Casey Vallier hosts countdown to kickoff starting at noon Eastern time on our flagship station, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Also our sister station in Indianapolis, 97.1 Hank FM. And then Colts and Titans, round number two down in Nashville at 1 o'clock Eastern time. The Colts are going for the season sweep for the first time since 2018. And we will be, we will be back next week, next Thursday, breaking down Colts and Bengals. But before that, you got to take care of business inside the division. For Bill Brooks, Casey Vallier, Sherry behind the scenes doing the ones and the twos. I'm Matt Taylor. We'll talk to you next Thursday on the official Colts podcast brought to you by Win Las Vegas. So long. <laughs>